as always, learn things, see things that I didn't see before. Come to understand grace maybe at a, at a greater depth uh, than ever. God has always been gracious to his people. God's been gracious to those who are not his people. The life that uh, many live, such wicked life, God allows them to live. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a type of grace. God has shown his grace to his people over and over and over. Uh, we can look back on our lives. I can see grace uh, in my life that uh, I certainly did not deserve. He showed jo- uh, grace to Joseph when he was falsely accused and thrown in prison, didn't he? Amen. Gave him a jailer who was considerate and, and compassionate upon him. And, and uh, that led to eventually him being released. I'll just read that little portion there in Genesis 39. Just one verse there. Verse 21, Genesis 39, 21, it says, But the Lord was with Joseph, that's it, after he was thrown into jail, and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. There's no accidents with God, are there? Put him in prison. Wasn't guilty of the charge that they laid on him. Wonder how Joseph felt. It's bad enough to be found out for something you're guilty of, but something you're not guilty of. It says, And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph and all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever they did there, he was a doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. That's grace, my friend. Ruth found grace from Boaz, didn't she? There in Ruth 2.13. God calls King Hazarus These weren't good kings to look with favor on Esther. There in Esther in Ruth 2.17. We read in Psalm 119 in verse 58. I'm just wanting you to see. I don't care where you take that Bible and open it and just put your hand down. find grace, won't you? Yeah. Psalm 119 and verse 58. 
David says, I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. Favor. It's another word for grace. Proverbs says that a man that pursues mercy and truth will find favor in the sight of God and men. That's Proverbs 3, verse 3 and 4. But oh, let me talk about another grace. In Ephesians. Chapter 2, verse 4. Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us, through Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. I don't care where you look in the scriptures, you're going to find grace. Our heavenly bank account is wealth that endures forever. It's all those things that we've looked at the last nine weeks. We started with redemption. We moved to adoption. We talked about the seal of the Holy Spirit. We mentioned acceptance, forgiveness, inheritance, citizenship wisdom life and this morning grace so our heavenly bank account is wealth that endures forever it's all these things that we've, we've looked at these past nine weeks. Remember I said that they were not listed in order of importance or any chronological order. Actually, they're all ours at the same time of the new birth, I believe. They're, they're in that seat of the new birth. So that's why I thought I would be in at redemption and end with grace, for grace runs through all of them. Christ is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending of our life. By grace we are saved. By grace we live. And it's grace that takes us to glory. So let's begin this final 
thought of our asset of our heavenly bank account by defining the word grace. I pretty much did that already, but grace means favor, goodwill, kindness. Boy, if God is anything, He's kind, isn't He? It's a disposition to oblige someone else or do something good for them. It's graciousness of manner or act. Wasn't Christ gracious in his life when he walked on this earth? Amen. Other than the apostles and the disciples and those that were saved under his word, he didn't get any love, did he? <laughs> the Pharisees were all over him. He couldn't do anything good. But he continued on with a smile. Now he rebuked those that needed rebuking. But I think about the, the woman taken in adultery. Oh, how pharisaical we could be about someone like that. But not Christ. He showed grace, didn't he? In a spiritual sense, when we speak about grace, it's a divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. God first awakens us within, and then he gives us grace to live. Mm -hmm. It is God's unmerited favor. The spring and source of all the benefits that we receive from him. called grace because those who is gifted to could not earn it. So it's grace. Sinful men he extended to ungodly men. Ungodly in our ways and as such his enemies and yet despite all that we have no strength to overpower those things in our life. Grace had to give us that, didn't it? Amen. The first mention of the word grace is found in Genesis 6, 8. You can probably think where that's at. It says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's the first mention of the word grace. Oh, he surely found grace, didn't he? Because God established a covenant with him. You see. How he knows God is gracious? Well, he makes a promise to us, doesn't he? In Genesis 6, 18, it says there in 6, 8, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But then down there in verse 18, it says, uh, But with thee will I establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. And it says, thus did Noah, according to all that God had commanded him, so did he. 
So Genesis 6, 8 is the first mention of grace. Remember what I said? Grace means favor, goodwill, kindness, disposition to oblige another. Yep. He also found fellowship, didn't he? Noah. God didn't say go and get in the ark, did he? He said come. Come. What does that mean? We get ready to leave and I, I say, honey, you going to come with me? That means she's going to follow me. You ask your kids to, to, to do something, you say, you have to come with me? Right. It's easy to follow someone who we know sets an example because he's gracious to us. He didn't say go, he said come. To me, that means God was in there with him right. in that ark. My first wife, I, I, I always loved that she when she had, when cancer was just about to take her life, and she would go to church. And somebody said, well, why do you go to church? She said, well, I, I, I don't feel any worse staying home than I do when I'm going. So as long as she could go, she went. And when she passed away, she just didn't have a diary or stuff, but she would write things down occasionally. And uh, I was looking at it, and on one particular day that she said, she said, I get, I get to go to church today. I get to go to church today. <laughs> Jesus says, come unto me, all you labor. Right. They're heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Come unto me. Salvation may include many things, and it does. But of all, uh, above all that, it's God's possession of our soul and His presence in our soul. That's grace, my friend. But Genesis 6 8 is not the first time grace is displayed in the Bible, that's the first place it's mentioned. Mm -hmm. We find grace first mentioned in Genesis 2. Mm -hmm. The first evidence of grace. And you know where that's at. In Genesis chapter 2, and verse 8. I'll read from verse 4. It says, Genesis 2, there, these are the generations. Okay. 
these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when the Lord, when they were created in the day when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. And in Genesis 2.8 we find out that he uh, planted, uh, uh, God planted on the earth that he created uh, in the east of Eden a garden and he graciously put him there who he formed out of the dust. He caused to grow in that garden every tree pleasant to see and good to eat and provided a river to water that whole garden. But then we find that Adam sinned. And he failed. And then we find in Genesis 2.8 again or in Genesis 3 all that before was, was grace. He planted a garden put the man in it he gave him everything he needed to live, to eat. And he gave him a woman. But God's grace is seen on a much higher level there in Genesis 3. Genesis 3.17 it says And unto Adam he said Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife And hast eaten of the tree Which I commanded thee saying Thou shalt not eat of it Cursed is the ground for thy sake In it, uh, sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat it All the days of thy life Verse 17 of Genesis 2 He said But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Thou shalt not eat of it For in the day that thou eatest Thou shalt surely die Genesis 3.17 begins the story God given the command not to take of the tree but he disobeyed God's command and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Romans 5.12 tells us the sad result. I'm going to read from 1 to 12. I think I have time. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God 
through our Lord Jesus Christ, there's grace, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations work with patience. Patience experience, experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which is given unto us. For when we're yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. There's grace. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet for adventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's grace at the highest degree, I believe. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, that is grace. When we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more than being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. For when the law of sin was in the world, or until the law of sin was in the world, for sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of them that was to come, him that was to come. But not as the offense, so as the free gift, for through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God, and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded to many. Not as it was by one man that sinned, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses under justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore by the, by the offense of one judgment that came upon all men to condemnation, even so the, by, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. That wonderful hymn, Grace Greater Than All Our Sin. That's why we sang that this morning. Verse 1 said, Marvelous grace of our loving God, Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt, yonder on Calvary's mount, outpoured there where the blood of the lamb was spilled or shed dark is the stain that we cannot hide that's sin what will avail to wash it away look there is flowing a crimson tide whiter than snow you may be today that's the call the gospel gives my friend if you're lost without him today is a day of salvation. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater than all our sin. Now gracious of our Lord to show us our sin of unbelief rather than to leave us in our sin and be damned. Prophet Hosea You want to turn there, Daniel Hosea. 
chapter 14. Hosea 14, verse 1. O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with ye words, and turn to the Lord, and say unto him, Take away all iniquity, and receive us graciously, so will we render the calves of our lips. Asher shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses, neither will we say any more to the work of our hands, Ye are our gods. For in thee the Father is findeth mercy. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. For my anger is turned away from him. I will be as a dew unto Israel. He shall grow as a lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread and his beauty shall be as an olive tree and his smell as Lebanon. They that dwell under his shadow root shall return. They, that re, uh, they shall revive as the corn and grow up as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, What have I to do anymore with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fir tree. From me is thy fruit found. Who is wise and he shall understand these things, prudent, and he shall know them. The ways of the Lord are right and the just shall walk in them, but the transgressors shall fall therein. So the prophet there, Hosea, he was urging backsliding Israel to return to the Lord with words of repentance and to look to his gracious character for forgiveness. That's what that reading was all about. Mm -hmm. Now God's not obligated to be gracious. Right. He doesn't owe us a thing. Amen. Except our just rewards. Because of original sin and of our habitual sin. We were born in sin and we continue to sin. But he's obligated and gracious for Christ's sake. For Christ's sake. Ephesians 4.32 4.32 says I'll go with verse 30 it says and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another tender hearted forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you <clears throat> now as blood bought believers we are to have the mind of Christ Philippians 2, 7 and 8 says all these things. We're to make ourselves of no reputation, just like Christ did. Don't seek to have a great name as a Christian. Seek to have Christ's name. Be a servant in mind and appearance by our actions. Be humbly obedient to God. 
Philippians 2 7 says, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, speaking of Christ. But made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. As heirs of God, which we are, and joint heirs with Christ, we're to cultivate. And that takes work. You ever garden? You've got to cultivate. And exhibit a gracious manner of life. Galatians 5, 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. We are to cultivate and exhibit a, a, a gracious life, beneficent to others, as Christ was to us. Grace is like an unbroken ring. You know, you get married to put that ring on you, it's supposed to signify that. It begins with the grace of the new birth, a quickening of the Spirit of God, as I just read to you there in pages 2, 1, 2, 5. All right, it. And you hath he quickened who were dead in sins trespasses and sins. For in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation. No exception. Times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as other. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Amen. The grace in Christ, or the grace of Christ in us, should humble us to crucify our bodies and guard against any discredit to God. And it continues with grace to live by. Look on down to Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. All those verses speak about the grace of God. Bends with grace. Continues with grace by living for the Lord. And it falls out with treasure laid up in heaven for us. And ends with Christ taking us to heaven. Either by death or the rapture. One unbroken circle, never a cessation of grace. You could preach on this subject of grace 
In fact, uh, if we're preaching the gospel right, uh, preachers preach on it every Sunday. You'll hear Brother Hilly talk about it here in just a minute. God bless his word.